Welcome everybody, this is the Running 44 at 60 podcast. My name is Trevor Lee, I'm your host. This is episode number 133 and we're going out on Tuesday the 12th of December 2023. And this is one of my favourite shows of the year and I look back on all the races I've taken part in and I give myself the uh, privilege of ranking them in some sort of order, my top six. So um, I've done about 16 or 17 I think this year, so it's going to be hard to nail it down to a top six, but... That's the way it goes. But before I do that, a big shout out to all of you who listen to this podcast and all of you who uh, write reviews for it as well. It's been amazing. I'd never intended this to grow in the way it has. And the number of listeners seems to continue to grow all the time. So a big thank you for that. You know, it's been fantastic. And also, I should mention that I will be at the Cornwall Running Show on Sunday, January the 14th. And I'll be there with all the recording gear. So if you're in the area, come along. It's 10 till 3. There's some fantastic stuff going on. In the last episode, Tracy Waite, the organiser, talked about all the great stuff that's going on. But I will be there with the recording equipment. You can come and sit down at my little table, you know, stick a microphone and the headphones on and tell me in a couple of minutes what your plans are for 2024. And then you'll be on a podcast, a famous one as well, like this one. How about that? So um, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a great year, really, um, for the runs and all that sort of stuff. And I was looking back because my first uh, year running this, of doing this podcast was 2019. It was my first full calendar year of being a member of, the, of a running club. And I did 26 races that year, excluding park runs. And uh, I looked at the results of my poll that I did with myself, and my top three were, in first place, the White Rat. I remember that. 11 miles. I'd never run so far on the coastal path ever before, and I'd never dreamt that, you know, a couple of years later, I'd be running four times that distance in the Classic Quarter. Um, the Bude Pirate Run, which made the top uh, six also in 2022. Um, a great race, you know, really, really great fun. And then in third place that year was the Coverack, uh, what they used to call the Fun Run. It's a four and a half mile run. And that was at Easter in 2019. And I won. It's the only time I've ever won a race. <laughs> what a great feeling that was. There was only six people in it because it's, it was on the Bank Holiday Monday. And the, the next day, because the Bank Holiday was late in the year, the next day was the Tuesday, working day, school day. So everybody got home. <laughs> There's only me and five other people. But you still got to beat five other people, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. I'm going to live on that for ages. And, in fact, the race has never taken place since. That was the last time it ran. You know, obviously they realised no one was ever going to beat me ever again. So there's no point in taking part. So there we go. <laughs> right. So before we get on with this year's top six, um, I just want to sh- uh, just one thing to mention is that my running club, Toro Running Club, they don't get a mention because I don't get to do their runs because I'm always the man on the microphone but I would like to be a shout give a shout out because I know they listen to the podcast to our three run directors Andy Williams, Ollie Poole and Richard Chinnaworth, Chinny who um, who uh, made sure that we put on some great runs this year so thanks for that guys and indeed a shout out to all the run directors across the country, across the world and all the huge amount of volunteers that make all this happen and not just the, you know, the, uh, the championship races but park runs and everything else so Guys, give yourself a round of applause. Because you don't half deserve it, because without what you do, you know, this would never happen. If you listen to this and you've never volunteered, either at a marshal, either in a race or a park run, then you need to. 
You need to put something back. You can't just turn up and do runs all the time, and especially if you're recovering from an injury or all that sort of stuff. So get in there. Now, mentioning park runs, I've kept the park runs separate this year. So I've got a new little thing, my favourite three park runs that I've done this year. Okay, I've done quite a few park runs this year, but not too many different ones. So to narrow it down to three, um, uh, three memorable ones was was not easy, but I've come up with three. So in third place, Babs Mill. Okay, now I did this in January. It's up in Birmingham, um, and um, I was staying in Birmingham with my daughter because we were off to the National Running Show, and uh, we were off on the Saturday, and we and uh, I discovered the Babs Mill Park Run was about a mile and a half from where I was staying, so I jogged over there. And the reason I do it was two two reasons. First of all, is that uh, they got about they get an average of about eighty runners, or they did at the time at the Babs Mill Park Run, and then there were quite a few people turned up because of the running show. And the guy said, "Right, uh, anybody first timers come over here for the first timers briefing," and about a hundred and fifty people <laughs> and <laughs> swallowed this poor fella up. Anyway, there were three hundred and fifty-two runners that day, uh, so about what's that five five times more, four five four and a half times more than they normally get. But it was also the coldest I've ever run a park run. I ran Lan Hydro a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty cold. This was amazingly cold. I honestly thought my fingers were going to fall off on the on the second lap. But anyway, um, great fun. Yeah. So if you're going to the National Running Show in January this year, which is I think the third weekend in January uh, in Birmingham. Check out the Babs Mill Park Run, okay? You'll be made to feel very welcome. It's uh, two, two and a half laps of a, of a park and whatever. Great fun. Right, my second favourite park run of the year actually was on June the 10th, and that was at Trillisic. And uh, June the 10th would have been my mum's birthday um, this year. So uh, she she passed away a couple of years ago, or four years ago now. Um, but she would have thought, she would have said, <laughs> God, she, she would have said I was bonkers. You know, she always used to think I was bonkers anyway, doing things when I'm, you know, my age now, and which I probably, she thought I should be doing, you know, maybe when I was a youngster, not now. And that includes running around the whole park run wearing full-on cricket gear. And I did that because uh, it happened to be my 100th park run at Trillisic. Now, I'd also worn the cricket gear a couple of times before, once for a fancy dress thing and once for my 100th overall park run, I think. So... I set a new course record, 31 minutes, 53 seconds, for someone running around the Trillisic Park run in cricket gear. And the amazing thing was that was only, what, two or three minutes slower than I would have run it without the cricket gear. And I had the full gear on, you know, pads, uh, box, uh, thigh pad, helmet, gloves, bat, the whole lot. So I want to know, is there anybody out there who's run a park run in all that proper full-on gear uh, cricket gear faster than 31.53. I'd like to know, and I'd like to know which park run. So if you do know, let me know. I'm either, I might be the world record holder for running a park run in cricket gear, and I don't know it. <laughs> and then my uh, my favourite park run of the year was uh, Brighton Hove Promenade, and that was the, uh, the day before the Brighton Half in February. And my son and I were both running the Brighton Half, and I'll talk about the Brighton Half because it does make my top six. And uh, we said, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just go for an amble along the park run, you know, the day before, just to warm up, you know, nothing too serious. You know, we won't get competitive, you know, and all that. And then, uh, you know, we kind of got, you know, loosened into it and we suddenly found ourselves picking up the pace and trying to pull away from each other and all this stuff. And in the end, we were charging along and... Uh, I did my fastest park run of the year in the end, uh, which for me, 25-24. I was quite pleased with that. And Jim, my son, he was nine seconds ahead of me, 25-15. We were coming up the final bit towards the last turn. I could see him ahead of me. And I was thinking, come on, come on, I can haul him in. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking what about their bloody half marathon? You've got to run tomorrow. You know, save a bit back. Anyway, um, 
Anyway, we had a great, it was great, and, and it was my favourite because we had the very competitive father and son, and he beat me, which, you know, you always want your son to beat you, don't you, ultimately? So, uh, yeah, there we go. Or do you? I be <laughs> I did get my revenge uh, later on when we did one in Seton. But there we go. So um, that was that. And then just before I go into the last six, um, uh, the, the top six of the year, also a, bit, a shout out. Um, to uh, Ollie Paul and those people who, well, he persuaded me, but the organisers of the Cornwall Athletics Championships, which I took part in. I've never, ever taken part in a county athletics championships before. And the age groups were like the top age group, or well, the oldest age group was 40 plus. So, you know, I was potentially giving people, what, 20 years or so. God, blimey. Anyway, I managed to come away <laughs> with the gold medal or the equivalent of the gold medal for the javelin and the triple jump. I just missed out on the podium in the long jump. But what a day that was. And I, when I got the medals, I got them properly engraved so you know when people are looking you know searching you know getting rid of all my stuff in years to come they go oh god did he really win this <laughs> so yes he did <laughs> so anyway thanks to ollie paul for uh, for persuading me and a few of my club mates to take part so look out for your own athletics uh, county athletics championships you know they're not that well supported unfortunately uh, but they are a great day out this was in may so we do that and then also a race that would have definitely made my top six had i finished it would have been the Lighthouse Marathon organised by Bizvican Events. The first time they've run this, it's on the Arc of Attrition course down here in Cornwall. Um, St. Just area to, uh, to where was it? St., uh, no, no, to Gudrivi. The two lighthouses, what am I talking about? Pendine Lighthouse to Gudrivi Lighthouse. Um, it's the one I got injured in. If you, you know, There was a podcast on it a few weeks ago, but I couldn't really include it because I didn't finish it. So that's why I did it. Right, so what are those top six for 2023? Here we go then. So number six, I'm going to award to place number six to Cousin Jack, which has made the top six or ten in previous years. This, again, is a Bizvican event. It happens in March. It's on the toughest part of the Arc of Attrition course. It is uh, St. Justus St. Ives. It's 18 miles, and it's the first time I ran that in 2019. I was all over the place, falling over, getting wet, getting muddy. I was really fed up by the finish, and I said, uh, no, this is 2020, 2020, that's right, just before lockdown. And I said, I'm never doing that again, never, ever doing that again. Anyway, I was back in uh, 2023, did it again, and uh, I think I was about 20-odd minutes quicker than I was in 2020, so I was really pleased with that. So um, there we go. So well done, uh, Martin and Sarah, for organising a great event. So that was that. Now, a lot of people in my local area down here in Cornwall talk about the KVK. It's an awesome race. You know, it's on, You know, it's the, the Kerno Vertical Kilometre. That's what the KVK stands for. And uh, I entered um, in uh, 2022, but then I, I got injured. I had to defer my place. So I got it back in 2023. And uh, you can do a relay of two, which means you do one lap each of the uh, course, which is about eight miles, I think, uh, per lap. Or you can do the solo and you do two laps. And um, so I, I just assumed the solo was the thing to do. And then on the day, people are going, what? You're doing the solo? You must be crazy. <laughs> and this was two weeks after I'd done another long uh, coastal path race, which I'll talk about in a minute because it does make the top four. Um, but the KVK is a great event. It was really good fun. Well organised by Tom and the crew at Freedom Racing. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I did the whole thing. So, uh, you know, and I was, oh, what's all the fuss about, you know? <laughs> so I think that was the height of my uh, fitness for the year was when I did the KVK in the middle of April. So uh, there we go. So that's number five. Number four is the aforementioned Brighton Half Marathon. 
And the reason for that is at the end of February, and the reason for that is I tried the Jeff Galloway method. Now, I did do a podcast recording about this, but for those of you who haven't picked up that show, so the Jeff Galloway method, the true Jeff Galloway method of uh, Jeffing, as it's called, I understand is to run for two minutes and then walk for 30 seconds. All right. Well, I decided to double that because I thought, you know, I'd, I'll, so I'll run for four minutes and then I'll walk for a minute. But if you're going to do it properly, as I did, in all fairness, you've got to do it from the first five, you know, the first four minutes. So I set off with everybody else. Jim, my son, was in the same pen as me. We were in the kind of middle of the pack, really, I suppose, looking for. A, well, I was thinking somebody did ask me and I said, well, if I run all the way around, I reckon I could do it in about two hours and five minutes. I think that's kind of where I'm at with half marathon running these days, you know. Um, so I did a couple of sub uh, two hours, but that was four years ago, you know. So anyway, we set off and after four minutes, the watch beat because I programmed the watch. Someone showed me how to do that and it told me to walk for a minute. So I stopped. Well, I didn't stop, but I stopped running, walked for a minute. And of course, people are going past you. And you know what the running community is like? They're going, oh, you all right? You all right? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing this deliberately. And then you and then you uh, get going for four minutes and then you do it another minute and all that. So it was great fun. It was really great fun. Um, but of course, you know, the temptation was early on to ignore it because I was getting overtaken by all these people. But as I got into it, you know, what I found was that when it was time to run the four minutes, I ran for 90 seconds really quite quickly, much quicker than I would have done, uh, you know, just plodding along at the same old pace. I then did the plodding along pace for about another 90 seconds of the four minutes. And then I was thinking, right, minute to go, and then I'm going to walk, so I'll push on. So then I pushed on again, and then I did the walk for a minute. And it was brisk walking, you know. So within that five-minute sector, there's a kind of what, the 90 seconds, the minute, there's four different paces going on every five minutes. And, uh, you know, I, I set the watch, so it beeps. I need to learn how to do that again. And and it was great. And in the end, I was picking up people. I was, you know, they were overtaking me when I was walking, and then I'd catch them up when I was running. And then finally, I was looking at different shirts to, you know, to target people. And it got to the stage... You know, fourteen fifty. Uh, sorry, not fourteen fifteen. Nine ten miles in of the of the Brighton half that they didn't come past me. They didn't catch me up in the walk. So uh, and then, so what did I do? Time wise, one fifty nine thirty two. So I couldn't believe it. I was under two hours and I walked twenty four times. So there you go. Now I'm going back to the Brighton, but this time I'm going to do the full marathon, April the seventh, and I'm going to Jeff the whole marathon just to see what happens in a marathon. So look out for that. I'll be recording on the way around, but that will be four minutes walking, uh, four minutes running, one minute walking, the whole thing. So Brighton is number four. Number three is Hope 24, my first ever kind of running festival. Okay, took my big village hall size tent over to uh, Plimpton on the other side of, uh, well, the, the uh, London side of, of Plymouth and uh, took part in the Hope 24. And it was great. I did 40 miles, eight laps. I was really pleased. And I had a plan and I kind of stuck to the plan. But I learned a few things, you know, I need to get a better sleeping bed for a start. <laughs> oh, that's definitely a must. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go for the 36 in, uh, in 2024. And um, you can stop and start as often as you like. So it's great. And uh, I'd recommend it to anybody. It was really good fun, well organized, you know, good atmosphere. They had a big, they had a, well, a big, they had a grandstand there, portable grandstand, for goodness sake. Um, food wagons, all sorts of stuff. I mean, um, and I took all, I took all most of my own food and all that stuff. But Hope 24 comes in at number three. Now, number two, well, number two is partly a little bit biased because it was on my actual birthday, okay, at the beginning of April, and it was X to Axe. 
All right, now, Bob Wilcox from Falmouth Running Club. Not sure, Bob, if, if Bob's a listener, but he was the one who uh, the previous summer had told me about this event, and I was looking for something to do on my birthday. It was in Seaton, or we started, the, the you know, base camp was in Seaton. My son and his girlfriend came over from Brighton. Um, we had an Airbnb apartment, and uh, we did the park run on the on the Saturday, and then uh, X to X on the Sunday. It's 22 miles, I think it was, and boy, it was hard work, particularly the second half. I remember noting that I think mile 15 took me 23 minutes, and I wasn't, you know, um, you know, I wasn't trying to not be fast. It was just so massively uphill. So it's a great event, and you can make it a marathon, which I hadn't realised until I got there, where people start you know, four and a bit miles further, you know, further back, and then they, they you know, they come over the start line effectively, and, and they end up doing a marathon, so they've got their own start time. But it was great fun, uh, extra acts, you know, real test, and it was two weeks before the KVK, so, you know, I'd done the Cousin Jack a few weeks, you know, two or three weeks before that, so I was feeling really quite at the top of my game, really, and uh, it's a pity that the, uh, you know, the the Arc 50 wasn't sort of in June June or July, because I would have been probably right on it then. So anyway, extra acts, look out for it, uh, beginning of April, probably if it's the same time, but that was a great event, and really, really enjoyed that. It took me uh, five hours, 20 minutes, or something like that, I think, but, you know, it was a a huge slog in the second half of the race. But that's what you want from these events, isn't it? You know, you want to feel as though you've really earned your earned your tea that night. Right, so the number one, which is going to be the number one favourite run of 2023? Well, I might, be, uh, I might be a little, you know, biased here because it was the very last one I've done. And I'm going to give it to the St. Piran's Revenge, okay, which is now part of the Cornwall Multi-Terrain Series, the MTRS Series. It was the first time it had been a proper race. They did a trial race last year in 2022. And it was on Sunday, and it was just fantastic. I mean, it was the toughest five and a half miles I've ever run in my whole life. Sand dunes, beaches, you know, trails. Uh, it was it had everything. It had everything. A little bit, and then a, a, a really tough con- uphill concrete uh, road path bit as well in the middle, um, and it was just fantastic. And the two things that really stood out for me during the actual run itself was that there was one point where. I think it was the second to last beach section and you came down to it through these kind of, you know, downhill through this thick sand, the dune things, and you were just legging it through the, you know, downhill bit. And I uh, I went past a few people, uh, two or three people, just before the start of that section and then I just legged it. And I couldn't see anybody in front of me and it was as though I was in the lead. <laughs> and then I came out on the beach and the beach was a bit of a slog. You know, you can imagine you, you've been out there for a while, you're tired legs, but I could see a couple of people in front of me. I was determined to catch up. And then I looked over to my right and, you know, it was a sun. The sun had come out, you know, which had been the first time in weeks we'd seen the sun, really. And the ocean was just amazing. You know, the waves were, you know, they were probably 50 yards away from us, 30, I don't know, 50 yards, maybe, maybe a bit less. But yeah, and you just for miles, all you could see was the waves crashing in and all that. The sun was out. I mean, Boy, I kept thinking, how lucky am I to be able to be doing this, you know, uh, today? You know, so that is why I'm going to give it uh, the, the full marks. And also, I'm also going to give it full marks because it was a very minimalist, how do you say that, uh, race itself. It was like a fiver to enter. And thanks to Billy Deacon, who I know listens to this podcast because he gave me his place because I missed the initial batch of entries which sold out in a flash. Um, so thanks, Billy, for that. Um, but... 
you know, it was a fiver. So the, the, all the medal, all the, uh, the awards, and there were few of them, there were some beer, great, but there was all, all, the, all the sort of souvenirs, the medals, if you like, the equivalent of the medals or the, for, the t- you know, for the prizes, were all handmade um, by bits they'd found on the beach. And then each runner got uh, some seashells on a bit of string, you know, as their, as their finish token, if you like. So, you know, no one, you know, no T-shirts, no stuff we don't want anymore or, you know, it's just not great for for uh, giving out anymore, you know, because who wants another blinking T-shirt, frankly, you know. And uh, I, I'm beginning to get really annoyed if I enter a race now and there's not an option to not have a T-shirt. And I've got one coming up, uh, a local 10K race in February. And, uh, you know, you have to put your T-shirt size in and you can't not put a, sh- a size in, otherwise it won't take your entry. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, so come on, uh, run organisers, you know, don't, if we don't want a T-shirt, don't force us to have one or we don't want a hoodie or, you know, some other bit of clothing we've got tons of anyway. So, and we don't need any more. So, there we go. There's my environmental sustainability bit banging on the drum. But shout out uh, to Toby and, uh, and Nigel who organised the St Piran's Revenge Perrin Trail Runners. It was a great event. And, uh, well, go for it next year. There is a limited number of places. And, uh, yeah, get in early and get your entry in for that. So there we go. There's my top six. So it's Cousin Jack, the KVK Solo, uh, Brighton Half, Hope 24, Extra Axe, and the St. Piran's Revenge. So I've got one more guest, one more show coming up before the... Um, New Year's, uh, if the recording plans go to plan, and that is with Dr. Kaz Williams. Now, Dr. Uh, Dr. Kaz Williams, Kaz uh, has come on my radar through Harriet Frost. Oh, uh, shout out to Harriet if she's listening. Harriet herself is going to run the Arc 100, for goodness sake. Now, Kaz is based in Chamonix. She's a performance psychologist a certified running coach and an ultra runner. And she's done some, uh, some fun, you know, she's had some podium finishes in some amazing races, the Tahoe 200, which is uh, the around the largest alpine lake in North America, the Moab 200 in, uh, 240 in Utah. She was third in an event called Across the Years, which uh, is running uh, again this year. Start, it's a six-day event this year. Starts on 28th of December, crosses over into the next year, January the 3rd. So, we're going to talk about, uh, well, I'm going to ask her questions about the psychology of long-distance running. So if you're in for the arc of attrition or any other long-distance ultra or whatever it might be, even, you know, for some of you, a half marathon might feel a long-distance as well, then uh, you're going to love this episode with Cass. So we're going to record, we're due to record it um, around about the 16th or 17th of December, so I'm planning to put it out just before Christmas, I think. So there we go. So that's the that's another treat for you coming up. So thanks very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed enjoyed it I, I don't know whether you agree with my top six races maybe you want to share your top six races of 2023 so drop me an email podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk and uh, well you know we'll get you there and don't forget come along to the Cornwall Running Show January the 14th and then you can do a live recording snippet with me and uh, you'll be on one of the episodes in January how about that what great fun so Really appreciate all the listeners, all the encouragement and everything else. You know, this this has found a life of its own, this podcast, and I'm delighted to, to play a small part in, in that and, and entertaining you and giving you some you know, tips and thoughts and all that sort of stuff. So thanks for listening and uh, see you on the next episode.